Welcome to Legacy Church. Thank you for joining us in our journey to see our potential in Christ become a legacy in our community. We hope that you are encouraged by this word from Pastor Chad Owens and pray that you will walk away with something incredible from your time here with us. I just want to take just one moment to mention one thing. I know there's a lot of things that's going on in the month of January, but I want to mention one thing that starts today, and that is our time of prayer and fasting. For the next 14 days, we're asking you to set aside some time or, or some things to, to pray and, and, and to fast over because I know that many of you probably are, are going to take this time to pray about your own personal situations in your own life. Maybe you're going to be taking this time to set aside some time to pray for maybe a family member or some other things that's, that's happening in your life. But I want to encourage you that today is the day that we start that prayer and fasting time out in the for you, you probably didn't notice it when you came in, but there's a little piece of paper, and I know it's very, very small, but I, I tried to make sure that we could get a whole week on this piece of paper so that you can every single day know how to pray, what to pray for, and scriptures that back it up. So before you leave today, make sure that you pick up one of these. The, the actual prayer time doesn't actually start till tomorrow. But we're, one thing that we're going to be praying about tomorrow is, is just a, an awakening in our spirits. And there's some things that they're there that you can read over every single day on social media. We'll, we'll put this out so you can be aware of what's going on and what scriptures to pray for and how to pray over the next 14 days. Because I believe, guys, that God is going to do something through this time of prayer and fasting. When we take time out of our schedule, when we take time out of our life to pray and to fast, the Bible says that He has already answered our prayers. He's already got what we need set aside for us. And so I want to encourage you over the next 14 days, maybe you've never prayed and fasted before. Maybe this is your first time. I want to encourage you to be part of it because this is a time that I do believe that God is going to awaken our spirits and he's going to begin to do something new in every one of our hearts. Amen? Amen. I believe that truly in my heart. So this morning, I want to share with you just for a few moments, we're, going to, we're continuing on the the subject of habits this morning. But I titled the sermon simply this today, Small Decisions. Small Decisions. I believe that over the next two weeks, that as we pray and fast, that I do believe that God is going to catapult us into something new. I do believe that God is going to begin to do things in our life that maybe He hasn't done before. This is just a catapult to us to, to move forward in what God is wanting each and every one, of, every one of us to do in our hearts. We want to see God move in whatever area that He needs to move of in your life. That's what we've been praying about for, uh, for our leadership team is, is that we want to see God move in whatever area of your life that He needs to move in. That's what we believe is going to happen through this time of prayer and fasting. Matthew chapter 6, verses 33 says this. It says, but seek first. And what is the next word it says? His kingdom. But seek first His kingdom and His righteousness. And then all the other things will be added to you as well. Seek first His kingdom and seek first His righteousness and then all the other things will be added to you. So this, over the next two weeks, I'm, I'm, I'm praying and, and I'm asking and encouraging you to seek His righteousness and to seek Him over the next few days and watch God take care of the areas of your life that you need taken care of. Amen? Seek first His kingdom and seek first His righteousness. I wrote this down this week and it kind of spoke to me. Many times we all ask this question at some time in our life. What is God going to do? I've asked this, self, I've asked this question to myself even in this new year. What is God going to do in this new year? What is God going to do in my life in the year 2020? God, what are you going to do? But then I thought about what if we changed up the question just a little bit and we asked the question this way, what are we going to do in 2020? What are we going to do different in 2020 that maybe we didn't do in 2019? Instead of asking God, God, what are you going to do? Maybe we should put the question back on us and go, what are we going to do that will allow God to do what he needs to do in our life? 
lot of times we ask the question, God, what are you going to do? When are you going to come through in my life, God? When are you going to do the things that you said that you're going to do? We've all asked that question, but I really feel like God's speaking to me and said, well, what am I going to do that I can change areas of my life so that God can step in and do what he wants to do in my life? Because I do believe there's areas in my life that I need change in my life. You see, prayer and fasting is simply this. It's denying ourselves of not just food, but of something else so that I can focus and really connect with God. Fasting and prayer is not just a time where you get rid of food, but it's a time that you focus on your relationship with God and maybe other areas of your life that you give up. Stovall Weems said it this way. He said, prayer is connecting to God, but fasting is dis- disconnecting from the world. Prayer is, 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 is connecting to God, but fasting is disconnecting from the world. You see, over the next two weeks, we're asking all of us to disconnect from the world. Now, I'm not saying that don't go to work. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying any of that. Well, Pastor Trapp said I didn't have to go to work because I'm fasting this week. I'm fasting work, so don't do that. But I'm asking you to disconnect from, from other areas of the world. Other things that maybe that you're involved with to take time out to pray and to fast so that we can do a deep cleaning in our, in our lives. Every spring, I don't know if you do it or not, we don't, we've done it some, we don't do it all the time. We do a deep cleaning in our house when we come out of the, the, the wintertime into the season, you know, we clean and we get ready for the, the season. I know a lot of people do that, they clean windows, they do all of these things. There's a deep cleaning that needs to happen in our lives. Amen. There's some things that have gathered in our life that maybe we have forgotten about or that we've kind of just swept under the rug. And so what God is wanting to do over these next two weeks is do a deep cleaning in our lives. It allows us prayer and fasting. It allows us to draw closer to God by shutting out other things that sometimes become more important. It allows us to shut off everything else that's in our lives so that we can get along with God, so that God can, uh, can begin to work and do it, that deep cleaning in our life. So when you're praying and fasting over these next two weeks, make sure that you're not just giving up something, but you're actually taking time out to pray as you give up that something. That you take time out of your life to, to whatever it is that you give up. Spend a little more extra time in prayer. Spend a little extra more time in your, in your Bible reading or whatever. So whatever it is that you give up, spend a little more time with God in that area of prayer and fasting. Whatever you remove from your life, replace it with something of God. So I want to write down, I wrote down just a few things to... For us to fast. I know that many of you have fasted before. I know many of you have done this, but maybe you've never done this before. So just a few things that I wrote down of what to fast. Number one is food. Number one is food. You can, there's a fast where you do you fast from sunrise to sunset. There's a fast where you give up certain meals a day. There's a complete food fast where you do nothing but just drink water. There's a Daniel fast where you do nothing but eat fruits and vegetables for, for that time of fasting. Then there's, there's a fast where you give up sweets. And everybody's like, oh my gosh. You give up cakes and pies and cookies and chocolate and, and ice cream. Come on. There's a time where we give up caffeinated drinks and coffee. Oh Jesus, no, I don't want to do that. We give up TV. We fast social media. We fast fast food, whatever it is. There's so many things that we can give up during this time of fasting. And that's, I'm going to leave that up between you and God. I know what I'm fasting. But there's something that every one of us in this room can give up for next two weeks to really focus on our relationship with God. I read this this week and it, and it really just spoke to me. And I've said it before. Whatever we feed lives and whatever you starve dies. What we need in our life is we need our flesh to die so that the Spirit can live within our hearts and lead us and guide us in the directions that God has for us. When we do what the Scripture says, when we deny ourselves of things, when we deny ourselves of things in our life, God will come through and He will give us the strength to get through that moment in our life. When we, remember I go back to the question that I, that I just said, what can we do, God, that will allow you to come in and do what you need to do? And that is to deny ourselves of certain things so that God can step in and do what God needs to do in our life. 
So we have, a, we have a place in this. We have a part in this. And that is to deny ourselves so that God can come in and do only what God can do. Last week I made this statement to you. Small decisions lead to great victories. Small decisions lead to great victories. I gave you an index card last week. Many of you that were here. I gave you an index card and I asked you to write on that index card. What do you want to be in 2020? Now, I don't know if you did that. I'm not sure if you, uh, you know, wrote anything down this week. And then I ask you to write down three things, three areas of your life that you want to see change in this new year. And I ask you to put it somewhere where you can see it every single day and you can focus on those things that, that you feel like needs uh, change in your life. I ask all of us to do that. And one of the things that, that I did this week was take time out to pray for the things that I know that God wants to do in my life. I know that there's areas in my life that I need to change. And sometimes the hardest thing to do when it comes to this kind of things is just simply to get started. It's just simply get started. The first time, the moment that we start is, is, is the hardest. But as it goes along, it gets easier and easier. You see, over time, we become comfortable in, in how we do things. We develop a routine that, that works for us. And when that routine is messed up, we become disgruntled we become upset we become um, for lack of better words we become angry right when our routine gets messed up why because we, we we become comfortable we've learned to do things a certain way and what God is telling us over these next few weeks of prayer and fasting is to change it up change it up don't do things that you always normally do, but change it up and watch God begin to work through that area of your life where you are beginning to make change. But I'm still learning, even today, that when, when that happens in my life, instead of trying to get upset or instead of trying to get mad, I take a moment and I look at my situation and I ask this question, what is God trying to say to me through this moment? Instead of getting mad because of the change, instead of getting mad about the situation, instead of getting mad about the problem, instead of getting upset about the issue, take time out and ask God, God, what are you trying to say to me through this moment, through this situation? Because no matter what the situation may be, good or bad, God can speak to you. God can show you something through that situation. So instead of getting mad and angry and upset and furious and disgruntled, we just step back and go, okay, God, let me just take a breath. What are you trying to say to me? What are you trying to reveal to me through this situation? And I do believe that God will show us what we need in our life. Because change is never easy, but it's so important. It's never easy, but it's so important. So if we begin to choose what is right over what is comfortable, we will begin to see God move in our life. If we choose what is right over what is comfortable, we will begin to see God move in our life. Many times we settle for what? What is comfortable. But God is saying, get out of your comfort zone and begin to do something that you haven't done before so that I can do something that I've never done before in your life. That's what God is speaking to us. So small decisions lead to great victory. Daniel chapter 6, verses 1 through 10. I wanna, this is where we're going to hang out today for just a few moments in Daniel chapter 6, verses 1 through 10. So I want you to stand uh, with me this morning as we read God's Word and we look at the Scripture in Daniel this morning. It says this in Daniel chapter 6, starting with verse 1. It says, It pleased Darius to set over the kingdom 120 satraps and to be throughout the whole kingdom. And over them were three high officials, and one of them, whom Daniel was one, to whom these satraps sold uh, should give account so that the king might suffer no loss. Then this Daniel became distinguished above all the other high officials and because of his excellent spirit that was in him. And the king planned to set, over, to set him over the entire kingdom. Then the high officials and the, stra the straps and sought to find a ground for a complaint against Daniel with regard to the kingdom. But they could not find any ground for complaint or fault because he was faithful and no error or fault was found in him. 
Then these men said, We shall not find any ground for complaint against this Daniel unless we find it in the connection with his law to his God. Then these high officials and satraps uh, came by agreement to the king and said, O King Darius, live forever. All the high priests and officials of the kingdom, the prefects and the satraps and the counselors and the governors, all are agreed that the king should establish an ordinance and enforce any junction that whoever makes petition to any god other than you for the next 30 days shall be thrown into the den of lions. Now, O king, establish this injunction and sign this document so that it cannot be changed according to the law of the Medes and the Persians, which cannot be revoked. Therefore, King Darius signed the document and injunction. When Daniel knew that the document had been signed, he went to his house where he had his windows in the upper chamber open towards Jerusalem. He got down on his knees three times a day and he prayed and he gave thanks to God as he had done previously. This wasn't the first time that Daniel decided to get along with God and pray. But this was a, 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 this was a small decision that Daniel made early on in his life that he was going to take time out and he was going to spend time with God. Pray with me. Father, today we spend time with you. And God, what we want is something, Father, from you that will change us. Something, Father, that we can walk out of this room, God, and be encouraged to know and understand that no matter what we face, that no matter what we give up in our life, God, you will replace it with something even better. So, God, I pray that over these next 14 days of prayer and fasting, God, that you would begin to open up our eyes and see things differently. God, that you're not going to just change us physically, but, God, we want to be changed spiritually as well. And I thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated this morning. You see, we're often very familiar with this story of Daniel. We know that, that he, along with other men, were taken into captivity. That they had to adjust to the change that was taking place around them. But I, what I love about this story is even though they had to adjust to the environment, they had to adjust to this new culture, they had to adjust to all of these things, they still stayed firm in their relationship with God. You see, this environment that Daniel was placed in, or this culture that Daniel was placed in, was not, it did not line up with his religious convictions. There was a lot of things that were happening in this culture that Daniel didn't believe in, that Daniel did not, um, that, that he didn't agree on. It's kind of like the culture that we live in today. There's a lot of things that's happening in our culture today that doesn't line up with our religious convictions. But we're still having to live in this culture. Which means that God is wanting to do something in us to reach this culture that we live in. So sometimes we have to adjust our life. We have to do things different. We have to do things that we haven't done before so that we can be able to go out into the community and reach the lost for the kingdom of God. We don't allow the culture to tell us who we are, but we go out and we change the culture just like Daniel did. Even though everything didn't align up with how he believed, but he still had to live in this culture. You see, in that time, during the very first part of Daniel, you will see that Daniel decided to do a fast. He was a young man, probably at the age of 12 or 13 or, or maybe even 15 years old, but he decided to, to do a fast. He decided to take time out of, to pray and to fast and not be like everybody else. And during that time of prayer and fasting, Daniel decided that he was going to do a fast a little bit different than what everybody else was doing or be different than everybody else. Daniel decided that he was going to do a Daniel fast where he would just eat fruits and vegetables for two weeks. In other words, he made the decision, a small decision in that moment, that I'm not going to eat like everybody else is. I'm going to, I'm going to be different in how I eat because I know if I eat differently, it's going to not only change me physically, but it's also going to change me spiritually. So Daniel, in that moment, made a small decision to do a fast, to pray and to get along with God, to, to not only be strengthened, but to learn how to you know, do things maybe in a way that maybe he's never done before in his life. You see, the small decision that Daniel made not only changed him physically, but it changed him spiritually. The fast that Daniel 
was part of for those, for those few days. It changed him physically, but it also changed him spiritually. And that's my heart for us, is that it not only changes us physically, but more importantly, it changes us spiritually. Because when we do things that are different, when, we, when things begin to happen in our life, we can physically see them happening. Just as you lose weight, you can see that you're losing weight. You can feel that your clothes fit a little bit looser on your, on your body. So you physically see that. But not only that, but you've, you, you feel better about yourself. Daniel decided to partake in this fast that not only changed him physically, but it changed him spiritually. God began to do things in Daniel's life that maybe God hadn't done before. Daniel was able to interpret dreams that no one else could interpret. There were things that began to happen in Daniel's life that the king noticed that was, t- that was taking place in his life. He just seemed to be smarter than anybody else. He just seemed to be different than anybody else. Why? Because he was setting aside a time to pray in the fast. And that's what, happened, that's what happens through prayer and fasting, is that it changes us physically and spiritually. You see, so Daniel understood, you know what, I'm going to do this because it's going to change me in my life. Small decisions lead to great victories. I'm going to say that throughout this whole scripture today, or throughout this whole message. Small decisions lead to great victories. When we choose the small decisions in our life, I'm telling you guys, it's going to lead to great victories. When you decide to do something small, when you decide to do the things that you haven't done before, it's going to lead you to great victories. Because I do believe it. I've seen it in my own life as, as well as many of you have. So this morning, I want to share three things about fasting that I do believe that, that sometimes that we have to do, that we have to partake of when it, comes, when it comes to fasting. When we begin to make small decisions, that's when we begin to make, see change in our lives. So number one is this. When you begin to fast and pray this week, remember this. I want you to keep the right spirit. I want you to keep the right spirit. Don't become negative. Don't become disgruntled. Don't get upset. But keep the right spirit. Because if you will keep the right spirit, then God will move in your life. Keep the right spirit. Listen, you're going to be giving up things in your life that's going to have an effect on your life because you gave them up. But I want to tell you this morning is this, don't get upset, don't get mad, don't get frustrated, just keep the right spirit. Because if you look at this story in in verse number three, it says that Daniel became distinguished above every other person. And it says this, because an excellent spirit was in him. An excellent spirit was in Daniel's life. Why? Why? Because he chose to make a decision, a small decision that affected him later on in life. He made a decision to do something small early in his life that is still paying dividends later on as he's gotten old at this time. He made a decision to do something different. He had an excellent spirit. This is what the Bible says. that He had an excellent spirit that was within him. The king had planned to set him over the entire kingdom. So I want to remind you this morning, as you go through these next two weeks of prayer and fasting, keep the right spirit. Keep your mind where it needs to be. Don't allow the enemy to come in and, and, and you know, tell you things and, and ask you to do this. And all, but keep the right spirit. Keep your mind focused on God as you are fasting and praying, praying through this whole week. Because doing the right thing, uh, when we do the right thing, keeping the right spirit is what Daniel what is what everyone noticed about Daniel's life is that he did the right things. He kept the right spirit. Daniel had a good attitude. And he kept a good attitude not only in his life, but also in his work. So the, the fasting made a difference in Daniel's attitude. You know, I'm sure that Daniel could have got up, you know, could have gotten upset or all these other things, but Daniel chose to keep the right spirit. Because at this time in Daniel's life, in, Dan, in, in chapter 6, Daniel is now somewhere close to 80 years old. So he's older in his life now. He's no longer a 12 or 13 year old young man. He is now in his 80s. But that small decision that he made at a young man's age has taken him and has lived with him even into his old age. 
Why? Because it wasn't something that he just did one time, but it was something that he did on a continuous basis. He prayed and he fasted and he got along with God so that it would keep his mind right, so that he would keep the same spirit, this, this excellent spirit that lived within his life. Daniel decided to make a small decision and he remained positive even when his surroundings were negative. Have you ever noticed that there are some people that as they get older, they become more grouchy? That as you, that's not, I'm not talking about everybody, but I'm talking about some people that as you get older, you're a lot more grouchier in your older age as you were in your younger age. And Daniel was now 80 years old, and he wasn't grouchy, and he wasn't mad, he wasn't upset, he wasn't disgruntled, but the Bible says that he kept an excellent spirit, that he kept an excellent spirit in his life. And as we get older, as we make changes in our life, we become more cynical and we develop an attitude towards people or even towards life or even towards God that we get mad and we get frustrated and we get upset and we're grouchy and all the time. But listen, God hasn't called us to live that way. He hasn't called us to have a grouchy spirit. He hasn't called us to be disgruntled. He hasn't called us to to have a bad attitude. He's actually called us to have an excellent spirit that lives within us. You see, we don't have to be mad. We don't have to be angry. We don't have to be grouchy. We choose to be grouchy. But Daniel chose not to be grouchy. He chose to remain to have an excellent spirit in his life. And I I want us to remember that today. Is that when the negative spirit begins to rise up inside of you, step back for a moment and don't get caught up in the negativity. Don't get caught up in the, the whatever's going on. Just step back for a moment and, you, and, and begin to pray and say, God, change my mind. God, I don't want to be grouchy. I don't want to be mean. I don't want to be you know, angry. I don't want to be disgruntled, God. I don't want to be that Christian that, that just... It just looks mean all the time. But God, I want to have an excellent spirit within me. So all of us, listen, all of us have that moment where negativity wants to rise to the top. And we, have the, we can make the decision whether or not it rises to the top or we brush it off to the side and say, you know what, I'm not going down that avenue. I'm not going to be angry. I'm not going to be a grouchy old man. I'm not going to be, you know, I'm not going to go around and kicking the cat and, and punching my wife and all these kind of things. I'm going to, I'm going to have an excellent spirit within me because that's what Daniel had. You see, 2 Chronicles chapter 6, verses 34 and 35, it says this. It says, when your people go to war against their enemies, wherever you send them, and when they pray to you towards the city that you have chosen and the temple that I have built for, you, uh, built for your name. Then hear from heaven their prayer and their plea and uphold their cause. So when we begin over these next few weeks, and listen, I know how it happens. I've been there. That when I begin to give up certain things in my life, there can be a little bit of grouchy comes in. Because I'm making adjustments to my life. Don't allow yourself to become negative as you go through this time of prayer and fasting. God wants you to remain positive and to pull something good from this time, not something bad. But if you will allow the enemy, he will cause you to look at the bad and not the good, and he will cause you to stop the fast and stop the prayer time. So keep the right spirit that's inside of you, just like Daniel did. And sometimes through the problems... In the situations that we face in our life, we can remain positive and not negative that, uh, that's happening in our life. Daniel faced many challenges within his life, but he always stood apart from everybody else. Daniel always stood apart from everybody else. Even when there was problems, even when there was things happening around him, he always stood apart from everyone else. Small decisions lead to great victories. Look at your neighbor and say, small decisions lead to great victories. Making small decisions in your life will lead to great victories. Number two, number one is keep the right spirit. Number two is this, is that the enemy is going to come in and he's going to go through your garbage. The enemy is going to come in and he's going to go through your garbage. 
If you'll notice and you read verses 4 through 7, I'm not going to read it for you, but it says that the high officials, they begin to complain about Daniel. So they begin to go in and they begin to turn over rocks and they begin to try to find something that was wrong with Daniel's life. They tried to go in and they were looking at everything. They were looking at his emails and his social media and all of this stuff, trying to find something wrong with Daniel's life, but they didn't find anything. They found nothing wrong in his life. They found no fault and no error. But it says that he was a man of faith. He was a man of faith. And understand that when we step forward and we begin to move forward towards God, the enemy's going to come in and he's going to go through your garbage. He's going to go through your garbage. He's going to come into your life and he's going to take your garbage, the things that you've let go in the past, the things that God has taken away from you, when you became a Christian, he's going to, I had this vision in my mind this morning is like when God, when we become, when we come to God and, and we repent of our sins and God removes it, the enemy's out there like just, you know, he's out there trying to catch all these, all these little things in our life that we're letting go and he's shoving them in his garbage bag. And then when we begin to move forward in God, he walks over to his garbage bag and he begins to look through your garbage and he begins to pull out things that maybe you let go of your life in your life. But he pulls out and he goes, oh yeah, I remember that time when, when Steve Olby on the way to church was, was screaming at his kids and, and all of these things. I remember that time. And he begins to remind you of that time. The enemy's going to go through your garbage. Why? He doesn't want you to change. He's going to keep bringing up the things in your life that, that you let go so that you don't change. He's going to go through your garbage just like these men in Daniel's life. They did everything that they could to bring out these, these false accusations against him. But the Bible says that he was a man of faith. That he was a man of integrity. That he didn't just say it, but he actually lived it. So the enemy's going to come in and he's going to go through your garbage. And he's going to begin to just pull out these things in your life. Even through this time of prayer and fasting. When you get along with God, he's going to come in. He's going to remind you of something in your life. Because he wants to get your mind off of what God's wanting to do in your life and looking at your problems or your situations that's in your life. He's going to go through your garbage all the time, just like he does in all of us. The enemy's going to come in and he's going to go through that thing in your life so that you don't change. You see, we've all sinned. There's not a person in this room that has never sinned. We all have a past. We all have things that we're not proud of. But the great thing about it is this, is that when I came to Jesus and I connected to Jesus, He took my sin away from me. He began to wipe myself clean. He began to wipe my, my slate clean and began to change my life. That's what He did for me, just like He did for you. And so what I have to learn through this life is this, that whatever, the, whatever God has taken away from me, the enemy's going to do his job to bring it back up in front of me so that I will focus on the things of the past and tell me that I'm not good enough, I'm not worthy enough. You've tried this, Chad. You've never done this before. You know you can't do it. Why are you even trying again? So he's going to go through your garbage. He's going to tell you these lies to keep you from doing what God's called you to do. You see, the devil brings up your past hoping to control not only your present, but also your future. He's going to bring it up to control your future so that there's no change in your life. You see, these men went through Daniel's life just like politicians do today, right? They turned over everything. They were looking for everything. Every little thing that they could find against Daniel, they were trying to bring against him, but they found nothing. They found nothing in his life. He was a man of faith. He was a man of integrity. He was a man of, 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 of God's word, and, and he lived it in his life. Not only did they want to do that, but when they realized that they could find, not find anything against Daniel, they began to attack the most important thing in his life, and that was his relationship with God. You see, when the enemy can't maybe attack you in certain areas of your life, he will always come back to the Christian part of it. He will attack you in this area. Maybe he doesn't get you over here. Maybe he can't mess with you over here. Maybe he doesn't, can't mess with you over here. But there, there's some areas that he will come in and he will begin to mess with you. He will begin to mess with you in your life. And, and what we have to remain is to remain focused upon who God is. That, he will not only, uh, that the enemy will not only attack us physically, but he will also attack us spiritually. 
They couldn't find any dirt on Daniel, so they went to the next thing in his life, and that was begin to attack his relationship with God. See, over the next 14 days of prayer and fasting, the enemy's going to come in, and he's going to get you to get your mind off of that time of prayer and fasting. And what I've learned is this, is during that time of prayer, prayer and fasting, your job may become more stressful. You may have to work longer hours. Somebody at work may come in and bring five dozen of donuts and sit them in the conference room. And you've got to like, oh my gosh, I can't go in there because I want a donut so bad. But I'm, prayer, I'm fasting, so I, I, I can't go in there. Your kids are going to probably drive you crazier than ever. The enemy's going to turn up the heat in your life. Why? Because he's wanting to get your focus off of the time of prayer and fasting. So you just have to rem- remember to keep the right attitude. And that no matter what the enemy tells you, that's not what God says who you are. He's going to come in. He's going to steal, kill, and destroy of whatever God is wanting to do in your life. Small decisions lead to great victories. And number three is this. Miss Karen, if you would, come on up this morning. Number one, have the right attitude. Number two, the enemy's going to come in and he's going to attack you. This is what happens. Anytime we begin to move, anytime we begin to get closer to God, these things begin to happen in our life. And number three is this. What's done in private will always lead you in public. What's done in private, what you do in your private life will lead you in the public situations. Daniel said, they said in verse 10, it says, When Daniel knew that the document had been signed, he went to the house where he had his windows in his upper chamber open towards Jerusalem. And he got down on his knees three times a day and he prayed and he gave thanks before his God as he had done previously. As he had done previously. See, Daniel's life, his private life, prepared him to live a certain way in public. He got along with God. He spent time with God. So during that time of his private time with God, it prepared him to live a certain way in public. And that's what God is wanting us to do. He's asking you to live a certain way in public so that people can see that you don't just claim to be a Christian, but you are actually a Christian. So there are times where we have to live differently than everybody else lives. But it starts in our private life. Just like Daniel did. What prepared him for that public humiliation, what prepared him for that public time, was the times that he spent privately with God. Three times a day, he got alone with God and he prayed. Just as he had done previously. Listen, I'm not asking you to pray three times a day. I'm just asking you and asking me, hey, let's just spend some time with God. Because during that private time with God is what prepares me for the public time. It's what what helps me when I'm outside. It's what helps me when I'm around non-Christians. It's what helps me to, to have the right attitude. It's what helps me to believe what God says and not what, what the enemy says. It's because I've had private time with God and it prepares me for that time. This was something that Daniel did every single day. Decision that he made in the public, or that, was, that he lived out in public, was started in his private life. You see, when, when they brought this accusation against him, when they, when they, when they began to lie about him and, and bring this, this false thing before him, Daniel knew that it was happening. Daniel knew what was going on. They didn't even tell him, even though the the Scripture says that we've called all of them together. They lied about it. But he still knew what was going on. And the Bible says that he went up to his room, and he got along with God, and he prayed three times a day as he had done previously. You see, he didn't allow that, that, that public situation to affect his private life but he still lived his life the way he did ever since he was a young boy. What we do in private, guys, will stand out in public. And listen to me, not just the good, but also the bad. Remember that today. What you do in the private will be shouted in the public. That, God, that people will know you who you are 
Why? Because you spent time with God in the private. See, Daniel's private life was one of prayer and devotion to his God. And that's why he stood out in public. That's what made Daniel a man of purity. That's what made Daniel a man of integrity. That's what made Daniel a man that was trustworthy. That was what made Daniel a man of his word. Was spending time with God. And hanging out with God. You see, Daniel was faced with a dilemma. What am I going to do? What am I going to do in this situation? They brought this this false accusation against me. In other words, they've changed the rules. What am I going to do? He says, I'm going to do what I've always done. Nothing's going to change within me. Everything else may change around me, but nothing's going to change within me. I'm just going to keep doing what I've always done. You see, you have to make a personal decision this week whether or not you're going to pray and fast. I've been challenged. I hope you've been challenged to partake in it, but it's really the decision is up to you. And whatever decision you make, that's between you and God. But I know and realize that if I want to live a certain way in the public, then it starts in my private life. Getting along with God and focusing upon Him and and leaning upon Him and Him him changing my, my attitude and Him doing the things that I've allowed Him to do in my life. You see, Matthew chapter 6, verses 4, the New King James Version says this. It says that your charitable deed may be in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will Himself reward you openly. Luke chapter 8, verses 17. For all that is secret will eventually be brought into the open, and everything that is concealed will be brought to light and made known to all. In that moment... You see, they already knew what type of person Daniel was. They already knew that he was a man of his word. They already knew that he was trustworthy. They they knew that he was a man of integrity. But what they tried to do was was they tried to change him by changing his, his situation, by changing the law. But he says, guess what? I'm not falling to that. I'm not falling victim to that. I'm going to do what I've always done. And whatever happens, happens. I'm just going to follow God. And you know the story, he was thrown into the lion's den and God saved his life. Why? Because he lived it in his private life and God was shown through his public life. That's what I want. I want God, I don't want to just talk about it in my private life. I want it to be seen in my, in my public life. I want it to be seen in my public life. And so whatever God needs to do in our hearts over these next two weeks of prayer and fasting, I know for me, I'm so like, God, just do whatever you need to do. Do whatever you need to do. But keep the right spirit. Keep the right spirit. Don't listen to what the enemy tells you. And take some time to hang out with God. Father, I love you today. Small decisions, God, leads to great victories. So God, whatever, whatever the situation is in our life, whatever we need to do, God, I want to see great victory in our church. God, I want to see people experience victory. I want to see people set free. God, I want to see lives changed. God, I want to see alcoholics change. I want to see drug addicts change. I want to see all of those things change, God. God, we want to see victory. Father, there's things that we need to do as a church to be able to see victory. So I pray, God, over these next few weeks that we will do like Daniel did. And he will make a decision that during this time, this is what I'm going to do. Because what we decide to do during this time will prepare us for our public life. With every head bowed and every eye closed, you may be here today and you're like, Pastor, man, I, I've got some things that I need to get rid of. I've got some things in my life that I need to change. I've got I've to make some decisions so that I can, be, I can be better in certain areas of my life. Don't just talk about it, but actually step forward and do it. 
I know and understand that when you deny yourself of those things and you begin to make change in certain areas of your life, that God will give you the strength to overcome that situation in your life. Small decisions lead to great victories. If you would, I want you to stand with me this morning before we close out the service today. If you're here today and you would say, Pastor some changes that I need to make in my life. I got some areas that, that I've been dealing with over the years and I just I really just need to just bring them before the Lord today. If that's you, what I want you to do, I want you to come and just kneel around the front of this altar right now. If God's speaking to you this morning and you know that He's speaking to you And you know that there's some things that you need to change in your life. I want to ask you just to come and I want you to just kneel along this front right here and just take a few moments and hang out with God. I just feel I can't can't move past this moment this morning. Small decisions lead to great victories. And I know sometimes the hardest thing to do is to take that first step or to to make that first move. But I know that when we do, God is going to meet us there. That God's going to meet us there in our life. Whatever it is that you need to change in your life, lay it at the altar right now and say, God, here it is. God, I I give it to you this morning, God. I lay it at your cross this morning, God. I lay it down at your feet this morning, Father. And I pray, God, that you would just begin to remove it from my life. God, you did not come to this earth for us to live in sin and live in bondage, God. But you came so that we could live a life of freedom. But it starts with small decisions in our life. I'm going to ask the men and women that's in your seats right now, I want you to come and stand behind one of these, these people that are here praying this morning. And I want you to agree with them in prayer today that this is a new moment for them. That they're making that small decision today that's going to lead them to great victory in their life. Oh, Jesus, we bring it to You today, God. We bring our life to You today, God. We bring our problems, God, our situations to You today. God, the things that we're struggling with. God, the things that nobody knows about that's done in private, God. What nobody knows about, God. We bring those before You today, God. And pray, God, that You would set us free. God, that You would begin to change us, God, from the inside out. The God, that whatever we do in our private life, God, is what will be shouted in our public life, God. At this moment, Father, we're making a declaration, Father, to, to lay everything down, to give You that small thing in our life, whatever it may be, Jesus, to know that God is going to lead us to a great victory. Oh, Jesus, I pray today, Father, for everyone that's here. Everyone that's in the altar right now, God, I pray that you would just touch their hearts and lives. Oh, Jesus, that you would just minister to them today, Father, I pray. Oh, God, that as we we kneel, as we stand before you this morning, God, we know that, that change isn't taking place right now in our life. That, God, that you're doing something in our life that you haven't done before because, God, we're allowing you to do that. So, God, I pray for your anointing, God, to lead us and to guide us. God, in this area that we're giving up today, Father, in Jesus' name. Oh, Jesus, it's all about you, Father. It's all about you, Jesus. It's all about you, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, Lamb of God, I come to you this morning, God. As I have done many times before, 
I just bring it to you this morning. Just as I am, God. Just as I am, God, I bring it to you. Because, God, we know that the change begins to take place on the inside. And it begins to move outward. Oh, Jesus, I thank you for today. Hallelujah. Small decisions lead to great victories. The small decision that you made today is going to lead to a great victory in your life. That God is going to walk with you. He's going to walk beside you. He's going to be there with you as you travel this road. That every single day that you're going to deny yourself, you're giving up that thing in your life every single day, saying, God, I deny myself today because, God, I want you more. God, I have to decrease so that you can increase in my life. Small decisions lead to great victories. Father, God, I thank you for what took place in these altars today, God. God, I pray that you would solidify, God, what has happened in these altars today, God, knowing that, God, that when we place ourselves into your hands, God, we know that you're going to lead us and you're going to guide us and you're going to strengthen us and you're going to give us exactly what we need, Father. And I pray that's happened today. God, that you would bring marriages back together. God, that you'd begin to restore things that are broken, God. That you begin to heal the brokenhearted. God, that you'd begin to restore all the things that the enemy has been fighting us and lying to us about, God, over this last year. God, we stand on your word, God, knowing that there's going to be great victory, Father. There's going to be a testimony, God, through this test. Because we trust in you. And God, we love you. And we thank you. And we give you glory and honor and praise for who you are. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Small decisions lead to great victories. Amen. God bless you. We love you. We will see you back here on Wednesday night for a time of prayer. Thank you once again for joining us at Legacy Church. Stay tuned in to our website for updates on events and check out other messages under the online listening tab. We'd love to see you, so join us Sundays at 10.30 a.m. or Wednesdays at 6.30 p.m. Have a blessed day.